Hi, this is George Craddock, a director of the Mayo Center for Asset Management at Darden, which seeks to advance the study and practice of asset management. And I'm here with two members of the class of 2016, Jake Bois and Frank Coughlin, who are both professionals in an investing context and also student leaders in our Darden Capital Management Program, which actively manages more than $10 million of the Darden School's endowment. And we're talking today about a project and a class, which both Jake and Frank worked on, on the topic of stock buybacks. One of our advisory group members and leaders, Dick Mayo, helped us think about the content for this study, and Jake and Frank spent time looking at academic research and market-facing research on a phenomenon that's talked about a lot in the popular press. There are literally, there have been trillions of dollars of stock buybacks recently, and this has led to a lot of speculation about what this means in the market, and Jake and Frank uh, have done a great job pulling together some insights. So thank you both for being here. Maybe to start, Frank, uh, you can tell us a little bit about uh, what a buyback is and, and what the history of stock buybacks looks like. Thanks, George. Uh, so if we look at the, the two ways that companies can return cash to shareholders, they can do it in either a buyback or a dividend. A dividend has historically been the more popular choice, um, but buybacks recently have become uh, have, have actually eclipsed dividends in terms of cash payouts. And a buyback is simply a corporation going out on the open market and buying back shares, um, which reduces shares outstanding and then therefore increases EPS. You know, as George said, the recent buyback activity and really total payouts to shareholders are at all-time highs. You know, roughly a trillion dollars in 2015 was paid out to shareholders, which is well above historical averages and above the recent mark in 2006, where companies paid out almost 900 billion. Um, and this, and the study, will, and why we did the study was because this increase is coming from buybacks. Um, Buybacks have now become the more popular choice because of really two reasons. One, how uh, executives are compensated. Um, a lot of them are compensated on EPS growth. And so, as I mentioned before, buybacks help to increase EPS growth. Um, and two, there are some tax advantages to buybacks that have, have led to the increase. And Frank, I should have mentioned, you obviously have a lot of experience in the investing world, and you're going to do this full-time next year. Can you talk a little bit about the broader investing context and what this means in terms of unconventional Fed monetary policy? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I will be uh, an equity analyst at Eaton Vance Investment Managers um, in Boston in the future. Um, so, I guess the um, the really inspiration for the study was, what does this environment, what does this buyback and, and really total payout environment um, mean for the future. Um, and I think that we have to kind of take a step back and kind of look at the context of, of the environment, let's say the last four or five years, um, really beginning with, with the Fed lowering interest rates and quantitative easing, you know, what their intended consequences and the Fed's intended consequence of, of low interest rates were was for companies to take advantage of cheap money and then reinvest in their businesses. Um, what they didn't intend was that companies wouldn't uh, would would take out money but not reinvest in their businesses and would actually just buy back shares or or pay out more dividends, um, and so 
now it's the case is kind of looking at that this from and and looking at this situation now with very high total payouts and saying okay is there an indication for the future um, and is there any other indicators that we can look at to to tell whether or not you know what's what's the environment going forward looking like and Jake what did you what did you guys learn when you actually looked at companies that had really high levels of buybacks relative to the rest of the market and and Jake also as as a professional in this field you should you should give your bio since you you know what you're talking about so I worked at, at Tierra Price for six years uh, prior to coming to Darden um, this summer I worked at, at Sirius Capital as a, an analyst uh, and I am the outgoing president of Darden Capital Management uh, I'm working with with Frank who's one of the, the senior PMs um, so we looked at um, the S&P 500 buyback index which is an index published by the S&P 500 and um, they take the companies that um, purchase the most shares back, that buy back the most shares. Uh, and we looked at the performance of, of that index over a 5, 10, and 20-year period. And, and um, not surprisingly, it, it outperformed the S&P 500 uh, by at least 375 basis points over each of those periods and outperformed 17 of the, uh, of the last 20 years. Uh, and and we weren't we weren't surprised by that because we kind of felt that the S and P five hundred buyback index is a is a proxy for uh, good businesses, um, companies that generate a lot of free cash flow are generally the companies that have the ability to buy back uh, the most number of shares. And on top of that, um, it, it kind of filters out the the extreme growth and the extreme value stocks. In that extreme growth. Probably their, their stocks are going to be more expensive than, than the market, so they're not going to buy back as many shares. And extreme value probably won't have a lot of cash to buy back. Um, so, so the takeaway we had was um, buybacks are, could be a good indicator of a quality business, uh, and we saw that in the performance. And when you, know, when you read about it in the press, what's your take on this idea? I mean, it sometimes seems like a lot more cash as a percent of earnings, say as a percent of net income, is going toward capital returns. Is that is that right? Is that what you found to be true? Or what does the data say about that? Uh, yeah, so the, the data would indicate um, that it is not. Um, we are right in line with averages um, in terms of percentage of net income. Um, and that being said, I think that's a case of just profit margins are increasing and we're we're more efficient. There are higher margin businesses out there, and so they have the ability to pay out more um, to shareholders. Yeah, it's it's an interesting environment uh, to look at as well. In that, it's a very low interest rate environment. So, whether or not companies are trying to attract um, different types of investors through their their payout is uh, something that we didn't have time to look into, but is an interesting theory as well. In that. You know, if you have a three or four percent share buyback yield or dividend yield, um, someone looking for for yield in in the financial markets could find it in the stock market as well. And what about how companies do at buying back their own stock? Uh, did you all find anything out about that? Or they they should have some sort of informational advantage and be really excellent uh, timers of of the value of their stock and know when to buy it back, right? I mean, that's what the intuition would say. No, that's, that's a good point, George, uh, and something that, that Frank and I looked at, uh, and we were surprised with the results. Uh, if you look at, at share buybacks and the timing of when they peak versus the timing of when they trough, 
generally um, they peak at the wrong time. They peak before the market crashes, and they trough when the market crashes. Uh, which you know, kind of after we had this conclusion, intuitively, um, companies are going to have more cash to use when the economy does well, and they're going to have less cash available when the co- economy does poorly. Um, so for this reason, they tend to, to time uh, their their buybacks at the wrong time. Just like everybody else, right? Just like everyone else. Um, so, you know, the information advantage possibly could be a little bit overstated. Interesting point. And, and one other thing I, I thought was really interesting in the study was a point you all were making about how the environment has changed. Well, one other way the environment's changed is in terms of companies with great free cash flow characteristics. What do those companies look like now relative to what they looked like five, ten years ago, and what does that mean for the future? Yeah, so so that that was that was kind of a, a key point to our study. Um, obviously, as we said, buyback activity and or really total payout to shareholders is at is at all time highs, and. We are now in an environment where buybacks and dividends are far, in a way, the largest uh, use of cash um, that companies uses of cash for companies. And so, we define the use of cash would be cash acquisitions, research and development, and capital expenditures. So, companies are paying out to shareholders more than they do than they reinvest in their own businesses. Um, but when you look at the data, and if you dive into the companies that are buying back the who, who are are the overwhelmingly majority of um, the p- total payout to shareholders, it's coming from the information and technology sector, overwhelmingly coming from that sector. And as we know, that's a sector with very high returns on invested capital. They're, it's just simply not a, a, a um, high capital intensive business. So that's indication to us that we might, we might just be in a, a, a more efficient environment and thus companies have the ability to pay out uh, more, to, more to shareholders, and they are not necessarily uh, sacrificing future growth. It's an interesting point and an area that we could spend a lot of time talking about. Um, the economy has really shifted. You know, 50 years ago, it was a heavy manufacturing economy, which along with that became you know, a very high capital expenditure intensive economy in that you have to keep building new and new factories. But we've really shifted as as Frank has said, and, and now it's a more of a service economy, and, and service economies uh, require a lot less cash flow, a lot less um, capital expenditures in their business model. Uh, so these companies are, are generating more and more uh, free cash flow, which they're they are using um, to buy back shares. And it's something that we think, uh, you know, one of the things that, that Dick really wanted to know was, uh, yeah, it's it's nice to look at the historical um, context, but you know, what do you guys think is going to happen going forward? Um, and we think this could accelerate. We think that the economy is moving even more so to a service economy. You know, a, a big buzzword in, on Wall Street that you hear all the time is as a service. You know, you have software as a service, infrastructure as a service, and what this as a service economy does is it shifts from requiring companies to invest in capital expenditures to now just being able to use uh, operating um, expenditures. So, for example, uh, instead of building out huge IT infrastructure and investing you know, millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in new computers, now they just go to Amazon and say, you know, we want a certain amount of computing power. And this, this decision, this change, moves all this 
uh, money from capital expenditure to just, you know, we want this amount for this year, which hits the, the operating expenditure. So free cash flow, we feel like uh, requirements are going down and, and that trend we think will continue. And um, we think that this is sustainable, if not increasing trend uh, over the long run. Well, thank you both. These are two of our, as I said, student leaders who also managed a portion of Darden's endowment, ensured its stability going forward, uh, and were pioneers on, on leading this first, this first Darden independent study on a real market-facing phenomenon that, as you can tell, led to some really interesting insights that we think uh, are relevant for people outside the classroom. So thanks to you both, and appreciate everyone listening to the first podcast I think we've done uh, from the Mayo Center or from Darden Capital Management in some time. And, and thank you very much for having us, George. Yeah, thanks, George. Appreciate it.